Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. WGR. Here's the American dream. Dusty Rhodes and Dusty, your fans welcome you back, man. Sports Radio 550. I don't have to say a lot more about the way I feel about Sports Talk Saturday. No respect, no honor. There is no honor among thieves in the first place. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. You don't know what hard times are, Daddy. Hard times are when the textile workers around this country are out of work. They got four or five kids and can't pay their wages, can't buy their food. Hard times are when the auto workers are out of work and they tell them go home. And hard times are when a man has worked at a job 30 years. 30 years, they give him a watch, kick him in the butt, and say, hey, a computer took your place, daddy. That's hard time. Want to talk to the guys on Sports Talk Saturday? Call or text us now. You put hard times on this country by taking Dusty Rhodes out. That's hard time. Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. Welcome into Sports Talk Saturday here on WGR. Nick Erie has the day off. Zach Jones along with you, along with Corey Griswold behind the board. It's definitely a different tone from when the last time Corey, me, and you were together. We were Why? together. What happened? Oh, you know, I mean, like, well, we won a playoff game. Yeah, that's pretty we cool. We did win a playoff game. We like that. That's great. We do like that. Uh, and then we lost a playoff game. Oh, no. Well, that's not great. So, I, you know. So when's the next one? Oh, so long away. We, I, well, no, we have summer in between that. I'm not that upset anymore. Ooh. I just thought about that. I'm going <laughs> <I'm gonna, laughs> to remember. Oh, wait, summer. Oh, I'm going to okay. see sunshine. That's I great. am stoked. Maybe, now, listen, don't sunshine. We haven't, we've had like three days of sun since December. Yeah. So, you know, why, did, why is everybody depressed and in a mental health crisis? I don't know. Maybe the whole thing that gives life to the planet hasn't could, been could seen be in a month. dark clouds and snow right. every day. You, I, know. you know, it's one of those things. But. It was definitely a different tone when we were when we were talking last. I think we both really were pretty confident in the Miami Dolphins win. That game was way closer than it had any right to be. And then the Bengals game happened. And really, we were talking about that, you know, five minutes before the show started. It was just like it fell over right away. Oh yeah, big booty kicking. I mean, you you said you basically. I mean, you started doing yeah. errands and no, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I was out. I forgot it was the fourteen nothing. Fourteen nothing, yeah. and it was clear what was happening. I gotta go. I got something else. And. And, and and you're right. I mean, like, that was the thing. I think you put it as, like, it was failure to launch, and that's absolutely what it was. And it was it was so disheartening. I, I think that was the immediate reaction to that loss, which was, 
it wasn't deflating like 13 seconds, which was how did we botch this? What happened? We had it like right in our grasps, and it just all fell apart. Yeah, because every game they've played in the playoffs so far in this run, even the Texans going back to the Texans oh, yeah. game, has been nail biter. Are they going to do it? They have a really shot outside of the AFC Championship game against Kansas City. Yeah, that's the only other one. And even in that one, they were trying. Like they were trying. It, it, that they one held was. The, they held the lead for a little bit that, there. Yeah, that one was nowhere near as. Out, out of the realm of possibility as that Bengals game. This one just felt so deflating. Yeah. And, and and what was weird though is so I you know I've been talking obviously with my buddies and, and like this is going to be a major part of today's show. At least the first half we're of course going to talk about the Sabres playoff race that they find themselves in. They are a wagon. They're must see t- television. Yeah. Joe Yerden's going to be joining the Again, show at one to talk we're about the black that. and white. It, oh man, they, they they score six goals. Like it's, they, like, it's yeah. just it, they're going to score mm-hmm. six goals in those. But for the Bills, I found myself. That Monday, Tuesday, of course, I'm, I'm taking calls. I'm listening to fans. I'm seeing on Twitter. But for me, like an hour after the game ended, I was like, okay. Like 13 seconds. I didn't sleep that night. And yeah. I was working mornings. Like I got up at <laughs> 4 in the morning. <laughs> terrible news. To, ta- to take calls on that loss. I didn't sleep. Yeah. I, I just pounded a few energy drinks and, and got to work. Honestly, the worst loss I ever watched in the playoffs was Game 6 Penguin Sabres in 2001. Okay. When uh, Lemieux scored. Yes, yes. And re- it's right in Rhett Warner's skates. Just don't, just knock. And it, that one, I could not sleep. And I don't know why it's that game. But, but it just, it sticks with that you. That one just it stuck sticks with, with you. I had the complete opposite reaction to this year. Yeah. I... You know, Same. Got home, went to bed, mm-hmm. woke up. I didn't watch sports. That's typically I don't. I don't turn on Sports Why Center, NFL Network. Don't watch sports almost after any Bills loss. Never. It doesn't watch matter sports. if it's a regular season loss to whoever or a playoff loss. I I won't watch anything about that right. stuff at least for a day, just to kind of decompress mm-hmm. and all that stuff. I did on Tuesday. I was fine. And too. Totally fine. And I think the reason why. And and it hit me pretty early on, but now like you know I'm I'm able to kind of talk about it and articulate my thoughts a little bit better is. It, essentially, the Bills are naked. Disgusting. All, all of their issues... This is a family show. I know, I know. But all of their issues are out to bear. Oh, you okay. know exactly what's wrong with them. And and we've heard that from Bain and Bean and other GMs and other head coaches after a season ends. Like The way your season ends, the final game, especially if it's in the playoffs, usually tells you exactly what's wrong with your team. Right. Almost always. And I, and I very much agree with that. What's wrong with this team? Their trenches are not that good. On either side of the football. Mm-hmm. Offensive line... Leaves so much to be desired. Defensive line, once Von Miller went out, could not get pressure on Burrow. Now, Burrow is exceptional at getting the ball out in basically a blink of an eye. But you never even really made him sweat. With backups. With three backups. Yeah. And, and they then, went downhill on you. Like, yeah. like they ran all over you. They did every, they did anything they wanted. Like like an enormous amount of yards before contact for Joe Mixon. They only scored 27 points, and that's partially because... They didn't have to. The Bills only score ten. <laughs> that's right. Like, that's the thing. Like they didn't need to put up forty five on exactly. You. They could just run the clock out. Most of the third and fourth quarter was them just running the clock out because mm-hmm. the Bills took I think most of the third quarter away on that one drive. Something I like they were just like, okay, like we'll just we're gonna get out of here. We're going to play Kansas City next week. Like we're good. We know we know what's happening. And then on the really offensive skill position player side, who's after Stephon Diggs? I mean, mm. we, we've had this conversation for weeks now. It feels James like. Cook. You hope it's James Cook. You drafted him in the second round to be a receiver back. 
you, you spent so many resources and time trying to find a receiving back, and ultimately all you could get was James Cook, who still really couldn't take the reins from Devin Singletary, and Naheem Hines, who was never really used in the offense, and was just really a special teams player. And he had a historic, great, wonderful moment against the New England Patriots, takes the opening kickoff back for a touchdown, yep. and has another one later in the game. Amazing. Yeah. But Basically you traded, won you a game. Yeah. Oh, it, it, looking back at that game, kind of won you that game. Kind of won you the game. <laughs> but you probably traded him to also do some stuff on the offense because Maybe. you wanted J.D. McKissick and you also have Duke Johnson. Like, you had all these running backs who and could they never play used catch. Him. And they never used him. Never once So if they had them. signed McKissick, he wouldn't have been used either. Nope. We, we, we'd be sitting here, Corey, me and you, the exact same position going, well, what the hell was the point of J.D. McKissick? Right. So the wasted asset is Cook. Because of, his, of where he cook. was drafted, yes. right? Because they didn't trade uh, no. much for anything for Duke Johnson. No, I think they picked him up in free agency. And even James well, Cook, though, they traded back like three right. times in the second round. And even round. Hines. Yeah. Like, Hines was, didn't cost you anything. But Brandon Bean made such a point of, like, this is a player we need. And it never materialized into anything. Yeah. Anything at all. GM say the darndest things. It's just the darndest, craziest, wackiest things. But for me as well... And this is, you know, going back to the draft, I did for our website a ton of draft write-ups on wide receivers because for me, my biggest point was there's no one taking Gabriel Davis's spot, that third outside wide receiver that really can spread a defense. Mm -hmm. I was somebody, and I'd fully admit this, I thought Gabriel Davis was going to take a huge jump. Mm -hmm. I thought just that playoff game and really just playoff Gabe in general. Yep. I was like, he has got a knack for the big moments. They're going to put him in that number two role. He still made like, he still has moments. difficult catches. He still has these incre- incredible moments. It's just the consistency. It's just right. not there at all. Mm-hmm. But now I'm back at that point, too, where I'm like, you don't have, looking now to the Bengals, A.T. Higgins. You have your Jamar Chase. You have your one. Stephon Diggs is a game breaker. Yes. But when he gets doubled, you don't have that consistent guy of like, oh, wow, he's also open because he's, you know, one-on-one. Right. There's no one like that. Now, the Bengals are going to run into these issues in probably two or three years where teams are going to pay T. Higgins wide receiver one money. Yes. And you're not going to be able to, if you're the Bengals, pay T. Higgins number one money because Jamar Chase is coming up. Mm -hmm. And he is definitely a better receiver. But for me, the Bills, they ran into so many issues this year. And Brandon Bean, his, his comments on... Tuesday, I want to say he talked on Tuesday. Since the bye, the offense had not looked right. Yeah. And this was really their, in, in the most opposite terms, their magnum opus. Mm-hmm. Ten points at home in the division round against the Bengals. Yeah, it's uh, your, it's, honestly, that's your quarterback. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. The offense flows through Josh Allen entirely. Yep. He's the one who decides where the ball goes mm-hmm. in the moment. If it, Why isn't James Cook getting the football? Ask the guy who throws it. Ask the guy who throws it. And I think that's the thing, too, is I don't think a lot of people want to criticize Allen. I'm going to a little bit here. I'll allow it. But I also, I think it's really, it's a bad relationship between him and Ken Dorsey, at least this year. What, how do we know what his relationship is with Ken Dorsey, though? I think it's it's because you're looking at the play style of Allen. He seems to have really started to force things. He's going deep almost, and not almost, it's too much. He's looking downfield all the time. All the time. Which is why you aren't getting the ball to McKenzie you look at or tw- Cook. You look at 2020, that first year that Allen really took that massive step right. forward. They were a buzzsaw, mm-hmm. not because they took kill shot after kill shot after kill shot and nailed it. It was they could throw the ball 15 times in a drive <sighs> and just march down the field. Yeah, and even in the beginning of this year, they did it that way. They did it, and it just and for whatever reason, and it was it really is after the bye. Mm-hmm. They just stopped. They it, said we are going deep. We're going to run four verts. We're going to run 15 yard post routes. Like guys, your offensive line number one, not good enough to do that. You don't your your offense. 
too slow to do that. I think that's an underrated issue the Bills have is they're, they're not fast. Simply put, they are just straight up not that fast. You look at teams like Miami, who maybe has the fastest roster the modern NFL has ever seen with Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill, Raheem Mozart. I mean, they just added so much speed. But the Bills... They went away from a possession game, and you look at the two teams that are remaining in the AFC, in the Chiefs and in the Bengals, and both play very much a you know, death by a thousand cuts kind of offense. Like they just boom, 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 right down the field. They know what they're doing, and they understand that they maybe aren't perfect in every area. The Chiefs don't have a number one wide receiver. Travis Kelsey is their number one weapon, but they do not have a number one wide receiver. So that's why. Patrick Mahomes goes to Jarek McKinnon a lot. He spreads the ball between Juju Smith-Schuster and Sky Moore and, of course, Travis Kelsey. And then you go over to the Bengals, and it's spreading the ball between Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, Hayden Hurst, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. They're able to spread the ball around, and the Bengals especially. And I think they're really maybe the perfect team to look at for this because I've seen a lot of Bills fans. And we'll get more into the draft a little bit as we go through here because that's my bread and butter. I love the draft. I get very, very excited for it. Even when the Bills do fall out, I'm still excited for the draft because of the idea of adding a supreme athlete in the first round. The Bengals don't have a good offensive line. And I remember the Jamar Chase year of everyone saying they need to draft Penny Sewell. They need to go get an offensive lineman. And instead, in the fifth overall pick, they drafted Joe Burrow's college receiver. And all it has done is now potentially gotten them to two straight Super Bowls. It has at least gotten them to two straight AFC Championship games. Because while last year they would still hit the big bombs, obviously with Chase, this year Burrow has developed and evolved into a quarterback a lot like Tom Brady, where yes, he can take the big shots, but he is more and more willing. And now it almost seems like he prefers to take these little shots and let his playmakers do what they do best. And this is where, for me, while I am blaming Allen for not getting the ball to his young playmakers like a James Cook, Isaiah McKenzie, Khalil Shakir when he's on the field, even though when Shakir seems to be on the field, he throws it to him often. I, I, that's something I will never understand. It seemed like Allen had a real trust with Shakir whenever he was on the field. The Bills don't have those playmakers. The Bills flat out do not have the playmakers to do what they want to do or to do maybe what they should be doing. Because if they're not doing what they want to do, which is going deep, well, yeah, you don't have the speed to break down a secondary, a a, a cornerback group or a safety that you see with Miami, with Jalen Waddle, with Tyreek Hill. Tua Tungvaloa is not an elite quarterback in the sense of elite traits. I wouldn't even say he's really an elite quarterback. I think he's very good. But he's very good because he's accurate. He gets the ball to his playmakers. His playmakers are absurdly fast. They are very, very good wide receivers. They know how to run routes very well, and they have burner speed that can kill a team. The Bills have a single guy, and that connection is great. But as we saw as the year went on, Diggs became frustrated. Allen became frustrated. They were not able to get Diggs the ball enough, and that's because I think a lot of teams just went, well, just cover him. Just get on him. And I think the Bills... The offense they seemingly wanted to run with Ken Dorsey, go deep, go deep, go deep. You didn't have the offensive line, and you didn't have the playmakers to do it. And this is where I've seen a lot of national people talking about the team being outcoached, and McDermott and and Dorsey and Frazier all being outcoached, and I agree with that. Now, I'm not under the lines of McDermott needs to be fired, 
I think if you want McDermott to be fired, I think the best argument for it is he's a defensive guy and we're going to constantly be looking for offensive coordinators. I think that's the best argument for it. And I can agree to a certain point with that. But everything this Bills team went through, I would rather not have any other coach but McDermott. I think he absolutely nailed everything that was going on with the team. All of the craziness and the insanity and just the heartbreak that this team had to deal with. I think he nailed that aspect of it. And I would rather not have any other coach but him. But with Dorsey and Frazier, they left a lot to be desired. Dorsey not building an offense around the playmakers he had. And kind of forcing Allen into a position now where Allen is already prone to the hero hero ball tendencies. Already very prone to that. And then you have a lot of his routes going deep. And a part of me, and is a less serious way, but kind of serious, Dorsey obviously was a quarterback in college. He played for the University of Miami, maybe their best years ever, the early 2000s, when they had guys like Ed Reed and Santana Moss and and just everybody in the world that was Those a supreme athlete. Those were the oh, days. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the early 2000 Miami teams were gross. Like they just, it was NFL talent everywhere. But Dorsey himself was a sixth round pick because he had a noodle of an arm. I mean, like that flat out, he had a. Not good arm, at least not NFL caliber. Right. It almost feels like he's running the offense through Josh Allen like he wishes he could have done it with himself. (laughs) But he he does have a guy who has maybe the best arm in the league. Absolutely. Maybe the best arm of all time. Right. So if you have a quarterback that halfway through the season takes an injury to his Mm -hmm. arm that might impact his accuracy, maybe you're thinking the maybe we do throw it deeper so that if it's inaccurate your wide receiver you don't want to throw timing routes you don't want to throw something yeah. for tight windows because your dude can't do it i think that's i think that was fair for like the first two or three weeks because that was that was seemingly from everyone's like if he can play it's going to take about this long right. for it to really be normal so i wonder what happened philosophically to the defense when that injury took place mm-hmm. and if it ever recovered from that philosophical change. Like, okay, we got to adapt. We have to do something for Allen's arm. And then, like, he's maybe recovering, but maybe the philosophy of the offense hasn't. I think the thing is, I don't think it ever really recovered. Not necessarily the injury. I think the philosophical sense. I think they really just stuck with what they had going and said, we're either going to win or lose based off this. Right. I'm not. We aren't in the meetings. We don't know what exactly. they're saying. We don't know what they're planning. All of this, is, as is all, all the case in sports radio, speculation. It's, it's all speculation based off of what we're seeing on the field. And, and I will be honest, what we were seeing on the field is exactly kind of though what Bean talked about, which is after the bye, they were forcing things. It never looked right. They were surviving. They were finding ways to win, but they were never thriving. And honestly, for an, a lot of sports, you'd get way more access to the thinking, the strategy, the tactics of teams and what they're doing and mm-hmm. what their plan is, right? Like maybe not in the moment during the game, but but certainly shortly after the game. Like they release videos, you see them in the locker room, you see them breaking down Football plays. Football coaches is Scientology. Football, you have no idea what's going on. They lock it up. Like yeah. it is, they treat everything like an invasion plan. And I, it, it, for a sport that prides itself on his complications – and how difficult it is to perceive it and to understand it. You have also people who use that to say, you need to trust us. Trust the process. Yeah, absolutely. At the end of the day, the scoreboard does not lie, and our eyes do not lie with what we see. Mm -hmm. If trusting the process ends with games that end with the Bengals game and last year's playoff game and the years of... Eventually, the process cannot end every single game the same way. Absolutely, exactly. And I think that's where, and I and I know where people are getting frustrated because it does feel like 
the last three playoff losses. I'll even go to the AFC Championship game for that. Does feel like you got out coached in the biggest stage. Yeah. And I can understand why people are getting so frustrated. Because for me, and, and I'm and I'm still on this, you have a supreme Hall of Fame level talent at quarterback. Do not make him the Dan Marino of his generation. I'm not saying he has to win four or five. Manning has two, and one of them he won, not going to lie, being carried by a defense. Roethlisberger has two, all in the early parts of his career. Aaron Rodgers has literally only been to one. Bulldog had been saying it for a long time prior to that game against the Bengals on Monday night. Mm-hmm. With like, I don't want them. They look like they're figuring it out. And he had a he had that he had the sense. He had a really I don't want to call it a negative aura. He was concerned, and he was right in going into the Miami game and the Cincinnati game. Of 100%. I'm worried they're running out of gas. That's I'm right. worried they're going to hit a wall. And, and they did. and they did and they did. And that's the thing is I don't uh, I don't Thanks, want us to Bulldog. forget. I don't want us to forget. Like we're talking a lot about the schematics here, and but like ultimately the big point of this of this here is. It would have been unbelievable if they won the Super Bowl this right. year. Right, and we, all, we talked about that right before we started the show. Yeah, like, they would have made a documentary about this team if they had won the Super Bowl this year. Exactly, with and, how much crap they went through. And also, analyzing them critically does mm-hmm. not mean you don't love them. Like looking for their weaknesses and how to grow from yeah. that. Like a- actually engaging with your weaknesses as if they are weak and they have flaws mm-hmm. and things to correct does not mean you're a hater. It means you want them to get better. It means you're acting like an adult because that's what adults do when they talk. They handle things with maturity, and when they have a weakness, they try to get better from it, right? So when we if we spend this offseason talking about why didn't Allen run the offense correctly, that doesn't mean Allen's bad and it doesn't mean we hate him and he's got to go. No. It means there's still ways that he can get better, which is good. Like it's good. It's also I think it's correct. I mean, like you know, even even look at like the dominant runs the Chiefs have had. They've won one Super Bowl. They've made it to two, yes, but they've literally won only one Super Bowl. Burrow himself may go to two. He hasn't even won one yet. And I think that's I mean that's a frustrating part too is the fact that the Bills have not even been in the Super Bowl yet. But for me, it's just it, this team has a ways to go. But it didn't get better with all of the crap they had to deal with this year. Even before DeMar Hamlin's injury, games being moved, the shooting over the summer, Dawson Knox's brother Luke, it was over and over and over again. It felt like a punch in the throat every few weeks. And then the DeMar Hamlin thing happens. And these guys watch something that, for many of them, will last with them the rest of their lives. Some of them will never be the same people again. If it, it, and I, I and I, as much as we are criticizing the team, yes, because they did lose in, in somewhat embarrassing fashion, and and you do have people in the national media rightfully criticizing, like, okay, like, when are the Bills actually going to arrive? And I agree with that point, but it would have been unbelievable if they were able to get through what would have ultimately been four games, two of which against guys like Burrow and Mahomes, to ultimately win the Super Bowl against a team like San Francisco or Philadelphia, who are loaded and look like maybe two of the most talented teams in football. I think maybe the most talented teams in football. It would have been absolutely unbelievable and spectacular if they would have done it. Maybe one of the best runs in sports ever. And it didn't happen. And that's okay. Their quarterback is still young. Yes, they're getting to the point now where that contract is hitting. Now, for me, it's just then you got to hit on your draft picks, which has been something we'll talk about. Brandon Bean has lately not been doing. But before we take our first time out, we're going to take some calls right here. And if you want to get on the conversation, you can as well. 803-0550. Right now, we're talking about the Bills. Of course, they're, you know, we're about a week 
since their playoff loss. We are also going to be talking about the Sabres. They are a huge bright spot, and I think they have taken advantage of the Pills losing in the best way possible. But first, to start us off, it's going to be Pat. Pat, welcome to Sports Talk Saturday. How are you doing, my man? Hey, how's it going? You guys kind of stole a lot of my thunder, but I mean, bottom line, you had all these um, obstacles to overcome. But, you know, you just mentioned San Francisco. And one thing that San Francisco did that Buffalo did not was they made that blockbuster trade for Christian McCaffrey. Mm -hmm. They got better in the season. And that's just one thing there, you know. Um, You know, you see the other thing, too, that I just wanted. This is a little bit off of about a different team, but I didn't realize how much San Francisco gave up to get that Trey Lance. They gave up three number one picks. And, you know, I mean, they might have sat at number 12 and been able to get him at, that, at where they were. Trey, Trey, that Trey Lance, Pat, I mean, that trade is going to – it's going to be an interesting thing for San Francisco. Like, they're fun now, and, and the Brock Purdy story is fun. But you're right. I mean, like, they traded a lot for a guy that they've gotten, I think, what, three games out of? And you know what's funny about that? I don't know if you remember, but you remember when they – um, what did they do? They, they got Jimmy Garoppolo, mm-hmm. and then they traded the number two to uh, – Chicago, and they were sort of like, you know, so Chicago could get Trubisky. And John Lynch, who was like, oh, 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 we got them. And, oh, boy, now now he's the one that really looks like the dunce for that, for that move, for that move. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I don't know what's, how it's going to shake out. Um, and it's funny. I think is, that, and that, is North Dakota, is that the same conference that uh, Josh played in in college? No, no North Dakota State's in the FCS. They're like the best team in the FCS, but – but it was, still, it was still one of these things where, you know, you're getting a diamond in the rough. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they thought they were striking fun. And, you know, and I was watching some highlights of him last night. Hey, I mean, he, he's super talented. But, you know, I, I don't know. Would, that, would he have been able to do that at Alabama? Or would he have been able to do that at, uh, you know, USC? Or, you know, yeah, I the, mean, the, so. the big the big time, like SEC, all those schools. It, it, it's definitely interesting. Pat, man, thank you for the call. I will say though, with Trey Lance, I'm like, and I'll throw this out there, just almost kind of out myself. I was a big Trey Lance truther. I still kind of am. Like, I, like I in my in my season preview that I did, I had the Bills beating the San Francisco 49ers. Do you think in the he's Super Bowl. a conspiracy? Like he's AI generated? Like he's not a real person? I hope so. That'd be sick. <laughs> That'd be sweet. But I, for me though, I had instead of Jalen Hurts taking this huge jump, and like, I thought the Eagles would be good, but I thought Hurts maybe still had a little bit to go. For me, I had Trey Lance. Being a guy that maybe finishes as an MVP front runner, second, you know, first, whatever, I thought he was going to be the guy that takes a big jump. I always thought San Francisco was talented. Now that's a that that is kind of the fun thing with the 49ers. They make some of the worst draft trades of all time. Like just where you're like, what is happening? Like now they've got Mister Relevant starting a quarterback in the NFC Championship. Big gusto, game. we love it. But then they still get guys like Bosa, I mean, Kittle, and Debo Samuel, and you're like, those are some of the most best talents in. The league. At Burrow their lost a whole season early on, so like, did, that, yeah. like what the injury to Lance does not have to derail him or his. Development. No, not at all. Now I think the thing is with Lance though, and 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 Pat kind of brought it up. I mean, he played in North Dakota State. He didn't also have that many reps. He had a very limited amount of reps. Number one, he was a true freshman when he came in, and then COVID happened. Yeah, and unlike FBS football, which is you know the SEC, Big Ten, Big Twelve, Pac twelve, all that stuff, um, they had one game, essentially to show off Trey Lance. That's what they had. He came in with such limited reps, and that's where this injury does hurt him. Is just, just he needed to get time in the system. And you're looking at what Brock Purdy's doing. Lance is is a supreme athlete on the levels of guys like Josh Allen, where you know six four, six five can run all that stuff. It, it would be interesting to see what San Francisco is now, especially 
because he didn't look that great to start the year. He Hope, played he played in a monsoon in Chicago, yeah. and even after that, didn't look that great. I'm going to take one more call before we hit our first break. Jerry in Kenmore. Jerry, how you doing, my man? Welcome to Sports Talk Saturday. Uh, good. How about you guys? Um, I'm doing all right. You know, one of the things I'd like to talk about before I get to my main point is, you know, we see all these holes, and they've addressed one of them a little bit by saying, you know, we, we think Benford might be a safety. Mm-hmm. So that addresses a hole. The other thing I'd like to do is, you know, you can address all, three holes by doing one thing. Like if you got a legitimate left tackle and could move um, Deion Dawkins to right tackle and then move the right tackle to a guy, all of a sudden your line's better just by one addition. You know, slotting everybody in the right spot is critical. But what I wanted to talk about was one of the players this year and this week, and I don't know who it was, talking about them just being emotionally out of gas. And I'll, I, I'll be honest, Jerry, it was it was most of the team. It, it was a lot of them yeah. talking about it. But it started. But this person in particular said we really needed that buy, and you know, uh, and I think the emotional thing even goes back to the end of the Kansas City game last year, and then the issues in May, uh, you know, in Buffalo, and then. You know the the snowstorms and injuries to Micah Hyde and and injuries to Vaughn Miller and injuries to, to to Josh Allen, even though he really didn't miss time. But the two games that kill me just kill me about the bye, because wouldn't you have loved to play Jacksonville last week and had Cincinnati playing Kansas City and had a rested week before you played Jacksonville? The Miami game at the end of the half and at the end of the game, and then the Cam Lewis play in the Minnesota game yep. are just killers. Just killers. I'd also throw in the Jet game there. You lost to Zach Wilson. You cannot do that. Jerry, thank you for taking the call. And and, and just, man, it, it is like this is a team that desperately needed the bye. To me, to me the bye means more than home field advantage. Uh, Show the Bulldog have really talked about that. If you had to pick one as the one seed, which one would you keep forever? And it's, it's the bye. And I fully agree with it. Just that week of guys getting healthy, and and this team specifically who went through so much, just to kind of, all right, cool, like yeah, we can just you know hang what? out, decompress, maybe not even watch football, like just to hang out, <sighs> decompress, and relax. Thinking about the addition of McCaffrey to San Francisco is like mm-hmm. a juice injection, like just yep. changes the energy, changes the dynamic. It gives you that little oomph. That's right. Look, and, look, I, and, and it's not a trade deadline thing. AJ Brown to the Philadelphia Eagles, right? And for this team that didn't get the buy, like. So Hines is, you know, made a difference for them. Won them the Pats game, but he didn't move the Richter. But that's scale. not going to move the Richter scale. That's unfair to Hines to expect that. Exactly. Them, yes. Right. Yes. So that for them, the juice injection came in the offseason with Von Miller, and mm-hmm. then you lost him. Right. Like everything that yeah. could have gone wrong went for wrong. Vibes. It went wrong, and it was cumulative. It just mm-hmm. kept adding up until they got to the Bengals game, and you know, they're human beings. Yeah. Like, everything just gets ripped out of your soul eventually, and it's all got to come through. Like, I hope that they're getting mental health care this week. Oh, they should be. They, right? they, like, re- they really should be. Like, when they're watching the games, they th- all thought they were supposed to be, and they finally have time. Like, now you're feeling like we should be, I should be at the stadium right now, and you're not. Even if it's just them being like, not even going to watch football this weekend. Right. I know there's a lot of Bills fans out there, like, I think my dad's included, is literally not going to watch football this weekend. That's right. And just because it's like, I can't, we should be playing. This is where the decompression comes. Mm-hmm. Now. Yep. It's it, it's it's going to be a long off season. I'm excited for this off season. Obviously, I love the draft, but especially for me, and I brought it up at the start of the show, all of their issues are out to bear. We know the mental health aspect that came with it, and hopefully these guys it can somewhat get better. I mean, we know Demar Hamlin's okay, so there's that added bonus of all right, like, you know, our guy's okay. Like he's going to be alive. 
football side of things, we'll talk about that, but at least for him personally, he's okay. But on the football side of things, the draft, not really a ton of free agency, but I think the draft especially, Brandon Bean is going to have to start knocking it out of the park. We'll talk about that when we come back. And if you want to join the show, of course, we are still taking your calls at 803-0550, or you can tweet at us. I'm at ZacharyJones198. You can also tweet at us at WGR550. We are going to take a quick timeout. Nick Geary has the day off. I'm Zach Jones along with Corey Griswold, and this is WGR. Odyssey is your home for all the audio that matters to you. Download the free Odyssey app today to listen to WGR Sports Radio 550. Brought to you by Value Homes. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone news in order to secure convictions in a court of law it is essential that we conclusively sports that clock at four Donchich, the step back three, you bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Centers for the do-it-yourselfer in you. T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, and more. Get your hands on a Sal Capaccio song T-shirt at WGR550shop.com. You know, a T-shirt that just says Sal on it. That's a lot of fun. That's pretty good. How many Sal's is on the shirt? Because it's it's his name, right? So it just says Sal Capaccio like ten times? I'm not buying it for less than three. Is it stalkerish to buy that shirt? I'm going to have to ask Sal on that. Uh, well, yeah, we'll do that. We'll, I was say, like, we'll circle back. We, we can ask Sal on that. Be like, is it stalkerish for someone to walk up to you with their name on your shirt? Which, if somebody did it for you. For me, yeah. absolutely. 1,000%. You're, that scares you're me. Out? That scares the hell out of me. Okay. Without yeah. a doubt. I also don't like like people like even like, acknowledging my existence. I got, ter- I got terrible news, buddy. You are on the radio. I know. I know. Like, there, But there's like a big thing where I'm like, no one's listening. Like it's, it's a mental thing. It's, it's a, a mental. It's thing. AM sports talk. No one listens. It's it's, cool. it's a mental thing where I'm like, no one's listening. We're good. So I'm like, when I see like callers coming in, I'm like, no, they're not. <laughs> no, they're not. They're not. Don't worry about they're it. They're not here to talk to me. Don't worry about it. Where we last left off, we were talking a little about the Bills. Their 27 to 10 loss to the Cincinnati Bengals in the divisional round. What went wrong? Really, what we're looking forward to next. I mean, we've got this off season now. Of course, we still have. Three more games left. we got the championship games tomorrow and the Super Bowl in two weeks. But really what comes next, and really what comes next is the draft. Because uh, the Senior Bowl is this, is this week. And after that, it's going to be the Combine. And then before you know it, you've heard every name that's going to be taken in the first two rounds. And it's April 27th, and it's the draft. That's how it always works. That's how it's always going to go. And so I want to spend some time, number one, talking about Brandon Bean's drafts. And where he has nailed these picks. Who has he actually nailed? And so I've got from 2022, last year's draft, and 2018. That was his first draft, 2018. 
So let's go through it real quick. Let's just let's go through some names. 2018, of course, his first pick, Josh Allen. That's a home run. Tremaine Edmonds, he trades up for in the first round as well. I'd say Edmonds has been a really good player. I think there's a really good argument that they need to sign him back. They picked up the fifth-year option this year, and he had an absolute career. Yes. I, think, I think it's a really good argument he should be brought back in a long He's definitely deal. in the higher tier of linebackers in the NFL. Absolutely. Harrison Phillips. Yeah, real they, good. They don't sign him back. He goes to Minnesota, really chasing money. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Great individual in the community and was a really good run stopper. Teron Johnson. Maybe the best nickel cornerback in football. Right. Very, very, very good. They get him in the fourth round. Saran Neal. Play, he plays football. Plays football. Ah, the fun one. Wyatt Teller. This is going to be... A good football player. This is going to be a key kind of contributor here. The last Pro Bowler Brandon Bean has drafted. Oh, crap. Ray Ray McLeod, Austin Prohl. Ray Ray McLeod still plays. Still playing. San Francisco returns kicks. There's very, a lot of guys on his draft board that still play football. That's a key thing with Bean, and I'm glad you brought that up now. Very rarely do, do his players get cut. Very rarely do the players he drafts not wind up on other rosters playing big roles. Yeah, he finds football-level talent. Yep, they will be in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Maybe not for 15 years, but they certainly won't be out in two. Yeah. Which, going back to previous years... They love versatility. They, they love guys. Oh, yeah. They can play special teams. They can play maybe multiple positions. They mm-hmm. find ways to get them on the field, even though if they don't highlight on the field, right? Like Absolutely. Gregory McLeod, a receiver, but also returns kicks. Saran Neal plays special teams, but also can be your safety if you need them. Mm-hmm. Like that versatility allows guys to stick in the league too. Mm-hmm. And I have brought this up, you know, last year when we were talking about the draft and and, and giving some praise to Bean. And I, and I do want to do it here before I kind of you know ragged him a bit. Oh. We had years for the Bills where, like, our second round picks. Were, heck, like, we had years. Like, we're tell bad players. Like, our second round picks were bad players. I'm talking Reggie Ragland, John Miller, Cyrus Quanjo. I'm literally just going down the Cyrus list. Quanjo, everybody. Cordy Glenn played in the league. Robert Woods is still very good in the league. I miss Robert Woods. Aaron Williams is pretty good. I'm not going back to 2010. But now let's go to 2019. Let's go to Brandon okay. Bean's second year. Ed Oliver. Pretty good at football. Pretty good at football, very inconsistent, and kind of a frustrating player for Bills fans. Because there's moments, and in, in really games, where it's like, all right, well, there's what we heard about all of 2019 of like, you know, Aaron Donald Light can be a huge pass rushing threat at the D tackle He's spot. He's not physically big enough to break through he is everything. So he, he needs, is undersized. But if you, get him a, uh, if you get him a moon to orbit his planet, like he can break through. Yeah, then he pops off. Daquan Jones really being a major factor in that. And Jordan Phillips, too. And Jordan Phillips, who played with, what was it, a torn rotator cuff like for like the last month and a half of the season? You know what Jordan Phillips was on that defensive line that they did not have? He was nasty. Mm-hmm. Like Deion Dawkins holding the Miami Dolphins helmet after the, the scrum oh, in the yeah. game, right? And you're yeah. like, man, that's cool. Jordan Phillips, that was Phillips. is that energy on defense. And yeah. they desperately missed it. Like, like I hear him playing with a with a torn rotator cuff, and I'm like, that's a hockey injury, and like, I'm just going to keep playing this playoff series. I, they should not have let him go and in like, the first in place. In what world is that okay? Yeah, they couldn't pay him, and they made a business decision, but they shouldn't have let him go in the first no. place. I love Jordan Phillips. He is phenomenal, and you're right. He's a huge aspect to really allowing that whole defensive line to really yeah. hum. Mm-hmm. They That defensive line, we're going to kind of rag on it a little bit because of the draft picks coming up, but really decimated by injuries at really some of the key it, spots. It's And again, it like they were... Really wrecked on that yeah. defense. Oh, like, yeah. badly mm-hmm. injured. 
Well, Micah Hyde, week two, gone. Jordan Poyer, basically every three weeks, would pick up a, another big injury. What would pick a, a debilitating injury for any human. Yeah. <laughs> like, not and, then just tra- like- and, then, and then you start the year, Trey White coming off a torn ACL. You know for a fact coming into this year, not going to be 100%. Exactly. Like, just massive damage all up mm-hmm. and down the block for them. Just brutal. So, you go to 2019 at Oliver, as we said. Mm-hmm. Cody Ford. Mm. Not a good football player. Not at all. And really the last offensive lineman they've taken in the draft? Well, the, the, when did they take uh, our man uh, Spencer uh, Brown? Third round, 2021. Okay, so we're getting there. Yeah, so I mean we're getting there, but really in terms of like, oh, you could start right away, mm. Cody Ford's the last one. Devin Singletary, likely not back next year. But and that's more due to his position. Loves to put the football on the carpet. Lives for it. Yes. And always seems to pick it up like, Week 11. Right. Week 11, 12, all of a sudden you're like, oh my God. Well, there's rookie Devin Singletary. Like, uh, he's a, he, uh, he's, he is a good football player with flaws. Yeah, It's a good way to put it. Good football player with a lot of flaws. Yeah. And also, just, he's at the wrong position. Unless he was like a 13, 1400 quarterback. No, no, just I feel bad. It's like defensive what, tackle. Get the up way, there, kid. The way running backs are now, it's just like, unless you're like a 1400 yard rusher like year one. You're not going to get signed to a second contract, at least on the team that drafted you. Right. You are going to go somewhere else. Dawson Knox. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Very frustrating. Serv- serviceable. I want to see serviceable. Him. Yes. He was used a lot in blocking schemes this year. I want to see him more as a weapon. Who I think he is such an elite weapon in, agreed. This, in this NFL. And went through a horrifying level of trauma this yep. year. And it's one that happened so early in this season that a lot of people do forget about it. Right. And, he and, lost his brother. Yeah, like, well, why, wow, Dawson Knox turning on. What happened? Why was he, why was it? Well, let me tell you something about how horrible life can be to people. Yeah, it's just, it, like, you feel terrible for the, like, again, like, you think about this Bill season, you realize, oh my God. Yeah, you, missing devastating life events mm-hmm. because of all the other devastating life, life events. events. That have taken place around this team. And there are probably some we haven't talked about. Oh, yeah. Because we just n- never got through the level of static that is just well, there. There, there could be little ones for these guys where it's just like, yeah. And their private lives we never learn about. Yeah, and it's just like, but like to them, it's going to take a few weeks. Yeah, and it's, oh my God, what these guys have been through. So, continuing on down, Vosan Joseph. Who? Jaquan Johnson. Hey. A very frustrating safety. Daryl Johnson, no longer on the Bills, and Tommy Sweeney on the Bills, but you know his name. I do know his name. You know his name. On to 2020, and this is where it gets fun, A.J. Epinesa. I would at this point say not a good football player. <sighs> I think he is just, he's not that good. They took him out of Iowa. They knew he needed to size up, so his whole rookie year was shot, and then now that he's put on the weight that he needs to play at that position, he's still not that good. Zach Moss. Not on the roster anymore. They traded him away. Gabriel Davis, one of the greatest playoff performances of all time. And then he kind of leaves you with a lot to be desired. Deep, deeply inconsistent. Yep. Jake Fromm, not on the roster anymore. Which, to be fair, I mean, he was a fifth-round quarterback. Like, I get it. Tyler Bass. Hey. That hits. Yes. Isaiah Hodgins, sore subject. <laughs> he, they, well, listen. Very he, sore subject. Even if they started playing him, he's not going to be the – he had the opportunity with the Giants. Yep. And the Bills knew they couldn't give it to him. No, absolutely. They knew they couldn't give it to him. And and in fairness to the Bills on this, too, 
two straight seasons of injuries. Do you think they that, never could get a look at Isaiah Hodgins? Do they? Do the Giants fans think Isaiah Hodgins is their answer at number two? I do wonder. Or do they just think, hey, this is a kind of cool slot guy? Are we we are loaded with slot guys. I don't need another well, slot. That's guy. the thing. Is I, so I've I've read a few mock drafts already, and they do have the Giants often. Whoever the writer is taking wide receiver because like, look, Isaiah Hodgins is fun. Darius Slayton's awesome. But you need that other guy to like Great. propel those two. So how mad can I get that Isaiah Hodgins is being the guy the Bills thought he was going to be, which is why they let him go? Yeah, they have a bottleneck of those types of players. It, it's Gabe Davis. Yes, they're like we already have the kind of pretty good wide receiver that needs like a more like down the pipeline role. Isaiah Hodgins is catching touchdowns for the Giants. Yeah, I also have that dude who yeah. catches touchdowns. I have Gabe Davis. I have Isaiah McKenzie who every now and then catches a touchdown. Really, what it is is Brian Dable's like. He's good. He's a size mismatch, and no one has any tape on him. Right. Throw him the ball. Exactly. That's what it is. Dane Jackson, the final pick in the 2020 draft. As a backup cornerback? Pretty darn good. Yeah, pretty pretty good coming off the bench. On to 2021, Greg Rousseau and Boogie Basham. Hmm. I like Rousseau. Basham does nothing for me. But Rousseau, who was playing really, really well with Von Miller, played really, really uh, absent without Von Miller. Well, yeah. And that was a huge issue where it's like you thought you thought he was taking that step forward. You did forward not draft like, Von Miller. No. That's what it tells you. It tells you you didn't draft Von you Miller. You did not draft Von Miller. I think, and especially me too, I was like, you know. And nobody had scouted him as that. No. I, I, Greg Rousseau, coming out of Miami, he had a 15-and-a-half sack season, and a lot of them were covered sacks, and then he didn't play due to COVID. His mother right. um, was a nurse, and yep. so he that's what he did, and, mm-hmm. and I commend him for it, and I love it for him. But even coming out of that, that single year we had 15-and-a-half sacks, it was a lot of like, uh, we'll, we'll see. I don't know. A lot of those were covered sacks. It wasn't him breaking through the offensive that's why, line. That's why they signed Von Miller, because that's they needed they a guy who would take over, and Von Miller did. Von Miller was the guy who took over. Mm-hmm. And now when he went away, they did not have a guy who took over. Bingo. That's why they signed him. So quickly, we'll go through the rest of this draft. Spencer Brown in the third round. We've kind of mentioned him. Did not take a second-year jump at all. If anything, it was a sophomore oh, slump for him at right tackle. Tommy Doyle, really have never gotten a look at him, I think, really at all. Marquez Stevenson, not even on the roster. His rookie year didn't even have a target. Yep. And when it became the kickoff stuff, Hines is now that. Marquez Stevenson has not become anything there. DeMar Hamlin, obviously, as we know, did become a very, very good safety in the role he was playing. You hope he can get back to football shaper, if that even is a possibility, because he was playing very well. It. You, I don't know if I've heard anything, because like, there obviously so much has taken place. Mm-hmm. They haven't said anything either way about that, no, I don't think. No, no, they've been very... It, I don't want to say hush-hush. I think they're just kind of letting it take its course. Yeah. Like, let's let's see. I don't I don't know. I, I mean, my assumption is until I affirmatively hear that he is not playing, I'm assuming he'll just be back for training camp and minicamp and be gearing up or to something, go. Or something along those lines, yeah. Yeah, so unless they say, like, no, I'm stepping away from football and I'm, I, I'm either not healthy enough or I want to do something else with my life now that I've been given a second chance. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to assume he's going to come back. Yep, Absolutely. Finishing off that draft, Rashad Wild Goose, who got picked up by the Jets. Plays in the NFL. Yep, but he plays in the NFL. And then Jack Anderson, I don't think he plays in the NFL anymore. He's an offensive lineman. No. And then to 2022, Kyer Elam. This is really the draft that kind of irritates everybody, he's including good. myself. I think he's good. Kyer Elam's good. Yeah. Why was he not playing? <laughs> we talked about Dane Jackson. Good backup cornerback. Yeah. Kyer Elam, good cornerback. They don't want to get torched. The whole defense is built around not getting torched. Yeah, that's it, it, yes, it is. That's why they play soft cushions. That's it's, right. Do not beat us don't, over the top. You're not going to beat us over the top, and then they get pantsed in other ways. Yeah, which is horribly. Frustrating. And you know what? For a team that doesn't want to get pantsed, they give up big plays in big moments. Yeah. So like, oh yeah, no, they do. it's a third and eighteen, and you absolutely cannot give. Oh no, like yeah. that oh, happens to no. them a lot. 
In the second round, they trade back three, twice or three times. They take James Cook, Terrell Bernard, who is just I linebacker. Who, I had hopes for that man in preseason, and still might. Who knows? Still might, but we, just, we literally do not know. Khalil Shakir, I think, should have been the starting slot receiver by week six. When you draft linebackers for this team, there's only two dudes who play, and they play every down. Yeah. You're never going to see the field. Yep. And it's just, but you, you take him in the third round, you're like, all right, so he's going like, to be. Uh, Dotson has been here forever and only does is play special teams. Yeah. And when somebody gets hurt. And that's where, but that's where it's like you're wondering. It's like, all right, well, then if, if they, if, if, like, you know, go, and then I'm now going back to draft day. When they drafted Bernard, most people thought, okay, so he's Tremaine Edmonds' replacement. Uh, uh, but, like, honestly, a major issue is that you're never going to give them time to figure no. it out because of the nature of their defense. You get rid of Dotson, he's in, you get rid of. Um, Edmonds, the next guy's in there, and they're going, and that's it. There's no one else. Yeah, that's it. And, and that's the thing, too. It's, it's going to be this thing where, like, it's going to be this cross your fingers and hope because you don't know. Right. You literally don't know. Kalush here, as I said, in the fifth round. Again, I wanted him as a starting slot receiver by week six, seven, eight. But they stuck with McKenzie. They ended up bringing back Cole Beasley. But Shakir showed in the playoffs. And, and really throughout the season that when he got time and when he was throwing the ball, he made big plays. Did have a one big drop, though, in the Miami game. Sixth round Matareza, that's a whole situation. Mm. Sixth round Christian Benford might be a starting safety, though. Okay. Christian Benford might be a starting safety. Bean has brought up that they've had talks about it. He has the size to do it, and most people thought when they picked him here that was going to be a thing that would happen. Sixth round Luke Tenuta and seventh round Bale Inspector. Linebacker Bale Inspector, Luke Tenuta, a offensive lineman. And it's still just, I think Bale Inspector was cut. And I think Luke Tenuta is still on the football team. There was, there's, was a lot of movement down there in the practice squad. A lot of, a lot of movement of the there. But you notice, and this is why I brought up the Wyatt Teller point. I complain about the Pro Bowl. I think everyone complains about the Pro Bowl. But you make the Pro Bowl be- by becoming a big name in, in the league. Yes. By popping off early. They have not had a player pop off early, maybe ever, in being a McDermott's run. Allen took till year three. Yes, he had the hurdle in year one, and there was improvements in year two where they made the playoffs. Yes. In terms of him becoming like the household name, holy crap, he's amazing. Year three. I'm worried about Mitch Morris. Not because he's bad, but he has taken... The concussions. Yeah. And he's taken so many... He even talked about with Tua Tungavailoa and how he wants to talk to him in the offseason about like what's going on. Yeah. And I do wonder if like Mitch has a moment. I, I partially want him to. And even, they have a moment of, like, man, is this worth it anymore? And even now, it's not necessarily that he's had as many as he has. It's like, okay, so the next one, because of the nature of the position he plays, mm-hmm. what happens with the next one? Yeah, absolutely. So do you have an idea of what you're going to do when it's time for Mitch Morris, who is maybe at, like, he's got one more of those he can maybe take. And even, Before it's, it, and yeah. even talking about it in that nature of, of like, it's damage horrifying. that adds up is not how you're supposed to be talking about no, a human it's being. it's horrifying. But if he still wants to play football, like, how much longer can he place himself at that level of risk? So if I'm a GM, I'm thinking about his position, not like, I don't want to get rid of Mitch Morris, but I know, like, he is much closer to making a decision about yeah. his life than, than others any, because than any of us than anybody else would because yeah. of where he's been. Absolutely. We're going to take a quick time out. Dominic, stay on the line. We're going to get to your call next as we continue to talk about the Bills and the NFL draft coming up. Who should they be taking? Offensive lineman, wide receiver, or are they going to stick to defense like it seems to be a key for them? Nate Geary has a day off. I'm Zach Jones along with Corey Griswold. You're listening to Sports Talk Saturday, and this is WGR. All the sports, news, music, news, and podcasts you want are all on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Brought to you by Value Home Centers for the do-it-yourselfer in you. 
Get your hands on some great new WGR apparel at WGR550shop.com. Load up on T-shirts, sweatshirts, hoodies, and more, including a Howard Pick sweatshirt. Get yours now before they're gone at WGR550shop.com. Welcome back to Sports Talk Saturday here on WGR. We're going to go to Dominic. Dominic, welcome to the show, man. How you doing? Good. How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I mean, you know, we're getting one day closer to summer, so I can't complain. Exactly. So what do you got for me? I'm I'm, I'm looking at the draft for you. What, what do you got for us? Well, I just wanted to know uh, what picks we got this year, what picks we don't have, if you guys get into that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely, Dominic. We'll put you on hold, and we'll go through that real quick. The Bills this year, it's not a ton of picks. Their first round pick is 27th. Then they've got a pick in round two, pick in round three, round four, and then two in five. They did trade a little bit for Naheem Hines. We're not picking later in the draft, like in round six or seven. It's going to be interesting. I'm not somebody that thinks we're picking at 27th. I don't think we're going to trade back. I think they are going to try to trade up. I think there is a what next year's picks. I think there's a really good chance that they're going to try to swing for the fences Do you think here. they're going to go Rams or 49ers here and try to sell out for it? I don't necessarily know about selling out because they, they're later in the first round, and I don't think they're going to jump up to like the top 10. But I think it's more just like from 27th into like the teens that they're going to try to go get one of the big name. I, this is me, and maybe this is me trying to will this into existence because I want it to happen. But I think they're going to try to go get one of the big names at receiver. I really do think they're going to try to load up on that. I think Gabe Davis really did disappoint them as much as they don't want to say it out loud. I think they realize they need to get better at that position. I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. Disappointed. And I think as well, though, even if Gabe Davis had showed out, they need to get younger. Diggs is going to be turning 30 in the middle of next year. <gasps> And, oh my God, his life is over. And like in terms of football, he's like middle aged, disgusting. And it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. And, and along with that, just, you you need to get younger at that position. You need to get better at that position. You need to not do what Green Bay did, which is ignore that position forever. And then when you trade Devontae Adams, not have any receiving talent. Ooh. Even even if Aaron Rodgers was good, Jordan Love wouldn't have been doing much with that either. He yeah. would have been having just as much of an issue. And I'm not saying, like, you know, you need to find a Devontae Adams. He's one of the best receivers in the league. But you do need to just keep the pipeline full. You have an elite quarterback. If you start losing out on that, you're going to have problems. For me, though, if they do stay at 27, I really like Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee. Speed Demon runs a little bit of a limited If they draft tree. another defensive end. I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> I'm going to absolutely freak out. It, it would be inconsistent with the Bills making absolutely everybody angry and still being good. Yeah, no, I like that's the worst part is like how angry could I get before it's like Zach? Like, went, Only they, one way to find they out. Went, they went 13 and three. Like, how can you be that man? It's like, no, no, I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to be upset. I'm going to be mad. And it's not because like I like it's the modern NFL and where you're at, you need wide receivers to help your like your stud quarterback. Prove it. I mean, Cincinnati. Okay. Fine. <laughs> like, Cincinnati. Yeah, and then and then if you're Kansas City, you have to retool your entire offense. They basically don't take the deep shot. They were built off of big plays. They basically don't do that now. Yeah. But even with their big plays, they'd hit you know Hill and he'd run the rest of the way. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, like, that now they just don't run the rest of the way. They have to do, oh, yeah. he got tackled. Okay, I guess we're off to move Yeah, again. like, I got, I, instead of, you All know, right. 55 yards, it's 10. Yeah. So, I mean, like, but that's my thing is, like, you... you, you Mahomes had you one of his somewhat, best years. At, like yes. the, Or his best year this Out, year. Outside of the 50-touchdown season, yes. Yeah. Because he was efficient. He just... March right down the field, touchdown. March yeah, he right down rocks. The field, touchdown. That's yeah. why. Oh well, yeah, he makes good decisions all the time. All the time, it's it's insanity. But I think that's 
to me, you don't have a ton of draft picks, but you do have to start taking swings for the fences. Number one, you're going to get to a point where just some of these late-round picks are not making the team. Luke Tenuta is in Green Bay. Jack Anderson's in, in New York. Balen Spector, yes, has been on the roster, but he's a healthy scratch all mm-hmm. the time. And then you go down, Isaiah Hodgins hasn't made the roster. Like, you're getting to a point where you just you have to go get high-end talent. You should get good players. Now, here's my one fear of them drafting receiver in the first round and getting all excited about it. This past draft class. Kyrie Elam couldn't get on the field. James Cook couldn't get on the field. Khalil Shakir well, couldn't get on the field. That's their decision, right? Like, th- this is the team making the mm-hmm. decision. And, honestly, Absolutely. Allen making the decision of not you, right? He threw to Stephon Diggs all the time. All the time, but Shakir couldn't get on the field. That was more the issue. It's like McKenzie was on it, and that was interesting, to say the least. Him as a starting slot receiver, that was awful. I hated most of that experience. I love Isaiah McKenzie's personality, and when he's in his role, I think he's great. But when they took him out and gave him an expanded role, it just... A lot of the issues about his game really came to light, and it was very frustrating. Yeah. And and really, like... Josh Allen was at his best when he had an outlet, and they made Diggs be both the outlet and the A receiver, and that just, it, while it works statistics-wise, really for both of them, the offense just never had a flow. Be a freak route runner, or be a freak athlete, mm-hmm. or be both. Or be both. And if no one hits that, but he can play special, I don't want to hear about special teams ever again I for the rest of my life. I literally never want to hear about special teams. I want to hear about special teams for the rest of my life. No, I, I'm so tired of it. No. I, I, a guy should not get a roster spot over somebody that can produce on the offense because they're a solid special teams player. You have not won enough to justify that. Right. You have not won enough to justify and, that. And in big spots when they absolutely needed their special teams to deliver, there have been times when they haven't. Yeah. And you have guys on the roster for that reason. Yeah. So it's just it's a very, very frustrating existence. I hope they go for it. For me, Hyatt, right now it, you're going to see on, on draft boards Hyatt more of a second-round pick. Wait till he runs a 40. Every NFL team is going to want to have him because he's going to run in the four twos, which is something the Bills also do not have, which is flat line speed. They just do not have it. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we're going to switch a little bit over to hockey. The Sabres are a wagon. They're a blast to watch, and they're in a playoff race. We'll do that when we come back. Nate Geary has a day off. You're listening with Zach Jones and Corey Griswold. This is Sports Talk Saturday, and this is WGR. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.